0: Nicolas Cage smokes butts and he lights them with demon skulls. This is spoilers. This is spoiler. Hello everybody. I just spoilered my favorite, probably most laugh-out loudy part of the movie. And I just want to go around and introduce everyone super quick and maybe you can say what your favorite part of Mandy was, Mandy 2018, the film we're viewing tonight. Let's start with Pappy.
1: Hey, this is Pappy. Recording from Denver, Colorado. And my favorite part was the uh, maybe not my favorite part, but one of my the parts that stuck out the most to me was when they're in the van waiting to do the kidnapping or waiting for the uh, the muscle to show up and the guy's <laughs> playing with the window and he rolls okay. no, no. up <laughs> oh, and down. Rolls it that's up. Like that's a great moment. Three or four times. That's a great moment. Cracked me up.
0: <laughs> Did you think was that suspenseful too for you? Did you think something bad was about to happen?
1: Uh, I don't know because up to that point The movie is such a slow burn It's like right before it really takes a turn Into the violence so It's a nice Speaking little of, moment of levity Right before that s- happens Can I do my Chuck Freebie segue now?
0: Please. Speaking of slow burns Stevie you love slow burning movies like Drive What was your favorite I do. part of Mandy?
2: Favorite part of Mandy um, Is when he's in the kitchen With those crackhead demons Or it's actually just one demon it's kind of like a fight to the death <laughs> and he like slams his head against the cupboard and snaps his neck and bruce uh, nicholas cage has his best bruce lee impression <laughs> with the face he gives it's such an awesome part Oh man. <laughs> it is. yeah phenomenal part and oh recording God. in my basement approximately
0: 16 inches away from my face uh mike money mikey how you doing what was your favorite part of the movie that you just watched
3: Very fresh off the movie, uh, but there's a couple scenes where Nick Cage is like, kind of flashing back or having an acid trip, and he's just like smiling at the wheel of this car (laughs) like a (laughs) (laughs) madman. He kind of does that multiple times throughout the movie, just kind of like staring off into space, smiling to nothing. It's kind of funny.
0: I love those parts too. And then, lastly but not least, we have uh, a new spoiler man on tonight. Uh, Zach, stay. You're in uh, Florida.
4: Yeah, man. I'm in Central Florida, pretty close to Orlando.
0: So, new Floridan, Floridian correspondent, um, <laughs>
4: what was your favorite part of the movie? Hey, man, you know, actually, the same scene that you mentioned, man, the part where he's fighting the demon guy by the burning car, and then he sets him on fire, he slashes his head off with his epic battle axe, and then he <laughs> picks up the cigarette and lights it from the burning decapitated head, and then he just, like... Takes a super long drag. He's got this crazy ass look in his eyes. Like he's just gone to another dimension. I was just like, dude, this film is something else, man. That that was a really fun moment. So yeah, I'd have to say that one.
0: Well, thank you for bringing it full circle naturally. That doesn't happen too often on spoilers. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I just want to toss it to you guys. This, this film is broken up by actual titles that come up. And they look very much like... The titles from um, Stranger Things. And oh, yeah, that's
3: true. Good point. The first one is
0: The Shadow Mountains, 1983 AD. And, Pappy, why don't you just lead us into how the movie starts and Nick Cage's. We'll just call him Nick Cage. I think his name is Red in the movie, but Nick Cage his mm. relationship with Mandy.
1: How was your day? It was pretty cool. I was that book about the galaxy...
2: That big thick one. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. What's your favorite planet? Jupiter. Yeah, no doubt.
1: Jupiter. What? Where do you guys think the Shadow Mountains are? Is it like the Northwest or something? I thought it was probably? somewhere up
2: in Washington or
4: Oregon. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too.
1: Maybe even like. I don't know, maybe Alaska, but yeah, so it's 1983 in the Shadow Mountains, and Nick Cage is some kind of like, I I heard him on another podcast described as like a a specialist uh, lumberjack, but he's like, they helicopter him (laughs) into the woods, and he's like taking out the big heavy duty trees, but this whole first part is just a really slow burn, and we see like a day in the life of him, his name's Red, right, and his girlfriend or wife or something, Mandy, And, like, they hang out at home. They do drugs, I guess. She paints. I don't know. Stevie. were you – I recommended this movie to you. Were you drawn in by this early part or were you – did you think it was boring? Were you drawn in as much as Nick Cage was to Mandy's
0: drawings?
2: (laughs) Okay. So, I watched this movie at the wrong time, which is immediately after work. (laughs) And from the reviews I read, I thought this was going to be like almost Mad Max, like from beginning to end, just Nick Cage going crazy. Ah, Not the case. Almost
1: like Evil Dead 2, frenetic. No, it's a really slow burn.
2: Not the case. It's a real slow burn. So, I was almost drifting off at moments. But I picked up on a couple of things. Um, It it seemed obvious that these two had pretty like troubled lives growing up. Mm -hmm. Or like even like I think Nick Cage was either like a recovering drug addict or a recovering alcoholic. One of the two, and it seemed like Mandy also had a pretty like rough like upbringing, but um, I was drawn in by just the way like the shots were were because there's a lot of bright colors in this movie. Wait, did you think either be alcoholic? like bright blue or bright red? <laughs> yeah, yeah, where'd you get the feeling?
1: Is it because it, when he's on the helicopter, the guy offers him a beer, and Nick Cage gets this like yeah. foul look on his face and just shakes yeah. his head no and slow motion <laughs> no.
0: Yeah, that's an old me. Yeah. <laughs> were there any other? Uh, Zach, we were talking a little bit before the pod, and Stevie mentioned it there. You two, did you guys see anything else that hinted at a troubled pass, as you guys both said so separately, I think?
4: Yeah, I mean we were talking about Mandy and how she had the scar in her face and she just kinda has like a haunted look to her. So I mean, you know, it was really um kind of broad, but oh yeah, you know what? The story that she tells, like she tells the story about the starlings. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, that scene. So like I mean, you pretty much get the idea that these are both people who've had some psychological trauma in their past. Uh, but they found each other, and they seem to have found some kind of peace with each other.
1: Do you think she was telling the truth about the conclusion of that story? Because she tells Nick Cage that she didn't kill one, but, like, she kind of, <laughs> like, looks away, and then, like, I don't know. I kind of got the impression, especially because I rewatched this this morning, that she was lying about that.
4: and that. Interesting. Interesting I don't know point. why. Yeah, but... Oh, that's good. I'll have, to, I'll have to look at that again. It's very possible. I didn't think that
0: because of how... Pure and like peaceful, she seems at this point in the movie. But mm-hmm. if she did have a troubled past, I don't think it'd be like out of her character. But mm. the
3: lack of I- eyebrows, you know, <laughs> is, uh, a troubled yeah. past. But
0: yeah. you and her have pretty much the same taste in music. I think.
3: Uh, yeah, I think if you're gonna uh, <laughs> compare this movie to anything, I think you got to compare it to like a '70s or '80s like rock opera type. Music video or something because I think it's like heavily influenced by like gothic rock and heavy stuff. metal. And is there
0: ever a shot in the movie that doesn't have like a neon flare oh, or no. fog to it? Oh no, that's that's <laughs> like
3: the best part of this movie is the lighting and stuff like that. It's constant, yeah. And when Nick Cage is like driving through the forest, like the trees are lit up red, which would never happen in real life, obviously. But
2: <laughs> it's just
3: the way that this guy lights the movie, or I don't know if you guys have ever seen or heard of this movie called Suspiria but it looks a lot the same it's like really bright reds and stuff and it's also a horror movie which yeah I haven't seen it yet but I'm super interested to see it just because of how it outlook.
4: I've seen it and I can I can vouch for that man. It, it looks a lot like Mandy. Um it's yeah. very surreal, super intense red, super intense blues. It's very dreamlike. Uh it's out there man. I mean it's a you know 70s Italian horror movie, very arty and surreal. So it's not for everybody but if mm-hmm. you dig the way Mandy looked, definitely check it out.
3: And it was just remade I think like this year or so I think there's a yeah, there's yeah. two of them. If you want to watch another movie like this, is the
1: remake good? Is it well regarded?
4: Uh, it hasn't come out yet. I don't think. I think. I think it comes out like I don't know, end of October. Uh,
0: so just kind of to put this conversation at rest. Does anyone have anything else to say? Is this? I mean, this part of the movie is very interesting. Like this is very much not uh, John Wick, mm-hmm. where the puppy dies five minutes in. You know, yeah. this is half of the movie is the bad stuff. It's kind of like Home Alone a little bit in that. Yeah. Um in that setup, but Ah
4: <laughs> I have one more thing comparison. to say about the Shadow
0: Mountain. I love comparing things to the Home Alone, but yeah, go ahead, Pat.
1: Knock knock.
4: Who's there? Oh god. Eric Estrada.
1: Eric Estrada who <laughs> Eric Estrada from Chips.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I love that part. That was yeah. <laughs> that was something else.
1: Knock knock.
2: You scared the hell out of me. Knock knock. Who's there? Eric Estrada.
1: Eric Eric Estrada from Chips. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> is Nick Cage too Nick Cagey at times in this movie? Is he too much of a parody of himself? Because Josh, you mentioned that you listen to that Bald Move podcast, and I've heard them before too. They do really good Game of Thrones podcast, but. They were kind of making the point that he's too much of a parody of himself.
0: Yeah, they said they read that this is Nicolas Cage's best performance, and then they watched the movie, which they got to see pre-release, by the way. Still uh. waiting for those spoilers pre-le- pre-releases, pre yeah. but... Well, we did get Sando. Sandow. We did get <laughs> <laughs> Sandow the Great. Wait, didn't we have... We actually did have Baby, Baby Driver. Driver. And Baby yeah. Driver, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But anyway, like... you're right. <laughs> Yeah, they said basically they went to it expecting like a very great performance and they didn't get it. But I really did think in the first acts, Nicolas Cage had a nuanced character. He wasn't just balls out Nicolas Cage. Like, he really earned that by the end of the film, I felt like.
3: He's also barely in it for like the first half of the movie. The second half of the movie is more. That's That's a good point. But also the whole movie is like, hey, we need Nicolas Cage to go crazy. He's going to do drugs in the movie, and he's going <laughs> to kill people, and he can pull that off pretty well.
2: <laughs> he's going to do so. zombie crack. He'll be just fine. <laughs> so moving into the next act,
0: which is called Children of the New Dawn, Pappy, s- we're talking about the van and, like, yeah. the rolling up of the window. But do you want to tell us about the other people that can be found in said van?
1: Oh, yeah. Um I'm going to need some help. So there's one guy, the guy who is rolling down the window, and I don't know the character names, so if anyone has the IMDb, feel free to jump in. Can but... we just go
0: with Blonde Mullet 1?
1: <laughs> sure. I call him Slackjaw like in my notes, because yeah, his, yeah. his jaw is always askew a little bit. Oh, man. <laughs> he doesn't seem to be all the way there. There's a There's a guy who ends up getting sacrificed who's a little bit like... Augustus Gloop esque, like Brucie from Matilda. Yes, yes. The there you go. Harry Cause, uh, cause, uh, oh my god! I don't know who's the who's like the the right hand man's name. Um, ah, he's a character I should know. Brother me,
4: Swan. Yes, that's right. Brother Swan.
1: Brother Swan. Yeah, he's uh, a yeah. yeah. he's kind of the the brains of these guys. And then is anybody else? This, the old lady. There's the
4: muscly guy. Yeah. yeah. Freaky guy. He's got like the guy who had the giant chainsaw in the chainsaw fight. That dude. (laughs) What's longer, the penis of a sperm whale or that chainsaw? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Tough question. I wrote that joke ahead of time. Anyway, go ahead, Pat. Keep describing the people.
1: Oh no! I mean, yeah, I'm running. I'm running thin. So yeah, we got the old lady. The women. Yeah, yeah, the old lady who's the most sensual lover the cult leaders ever had because she's so empathetic.
3: Vital information. Yeah.
1: Them. And then uh, another sort of younger woman who I'm guessing got mandied before and kind of had to drink the, the Kool Aid as it was. Am I forget? I think that's everybody, right? <laughs> I, think
2: I think that's everybody. everyone. I think that was the whole Manson family right there, Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: Stevie, why does the Manson character key
0: in on the because I think that's where the movie goes from here he in a passing glance I don't know can you describe that scene it's pretty far out there
2: dude it's weird it's so weird talking about when the whole frame is red oh
0: yeah yeah and then like replay
2: yeah they keep like he's I think he's out of it on acid or LSD or something he's in the uh, passenger seat going down a dirt road and Mandy's just walking on the side of the road, I'm guessing to work or just going for a walk because it's beautiful out there. And the full frame turns red and it's really slow motion. And it's like, a—I guess you could say like a pretty high frame rate. And he just keeps looking at Mandy because I'm guessing because she, uh, she looks pure to him. Am I right on that? Sounds about right. I don't know why he singles her out.
1: Maybe he's just really into Motley Crue. And he's like, oh, it's a sweet t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> she must be mine.
2: <laughs> but Yeah, it was a very odd scene. I was like, oh, this movie's... Here's where it's going to start to get really weird.
0: Mm-hmm. Zach, I know you've done a lot of research and seen a lot of interviews about this movie. Do you have any idea why he keys in on her like that?
4: So, I can tell you one thing. Um, the guy who played Jeremiah Sands, he said that him and the director kind of imagined that Jeremiah Sand was... Like, kind of the male ego gone crazy. So, like, you know, part of his character is he just sees something and he feels entitled to take it, right? Hmm. So, pretty much the way that I saw it was that he saw Mandy, he was bored with his concubines that he already had in his little Manson (laughs) cult, and he basically just saw her, found her, you know, alluring and attractive, and so he latched onto her and just decided that he wanted her, you know, like, I mean, Perhaps there's some more to it than that, but I know that at least on some level, it's just he's an egotistical asshole. He thinks the world owes him something and that whatever he wants, he gets to have it and people are just tools for him to use. So Mm -hmm. I kind of just saw it as He wanted her to be his newest, you know, whatever concubine for his little group.
1: Well, he has that one monologue where he's like staring right into the camera after Mandy takes acid, yeah. where he says something that that exact effect, where he's like, "Yeah, we're all one, and because we're all one, everything is mine." Which, yeah, like, that's, kind of a, that's a definite breakdown of the hippie logic. I don't remember that last part being, uh, <laughs> being part <laughs> exactly. of the mantra.
4: <laughs> it's like, oh man, yeah, it's pretty funny. They kind of like, you know, what's kind of interesting about that guy is he's kind of like. A hippie, but like a perverted hippie. Like, he's, you know, they, they, they mentioned something about peace and love, and they kind of look like they're a wandering band of hippies, but yet he's like sadistic, man. Like, he's a fake hippie, a false hippie. Yeah, and hippie. he's kind
0: of, he he compares himself to the opposite of Christ, and that Christ uh, yeah. would sacrifice himself for everyone, but he's willing to sacrifice everyone else. Like, doesn't he have that exact yes. line almost? Like, that was, he does. That he was Jesus' yeah. big mistake.
4: Yeah. Mm hmm. He said Jesus should have offered a sacrifice in his stead. So, like, in, in other words, he was an idiot because instead of sacrificing himself, he should have just offered someone else as a sacrifice.
1: You know what Jesus' big mistake was? Huh?
4: He didn't offer up a sacrifice in a stead.
1: The cruciform
4: is a constant reminder
1: of that. We used to have that segment on here where we named the Christ-like characters. Right?
3: <laughs> 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 so, oh, did you man. pick up on
1: any imagery? I feel like Nick Cage is maybe the Christ-like character.
0: In what way? I, maybe the second coming.
1: Well, he gets his hand <laughs> nailed through or something yeah, right? yeah. Ooh, and he gets stabbed true. in the side and then when he's like
4: and he got uh, the crown of thorns the barbed wire yeah. Yeah. let me
0: reel us back to the plot a little bit So <laughs> sorry we, yeah. it, it, the one thing that's different about like Charles Manson and this guy in the movie is this guy seems to have actually some sort of access to power and the way he mm. gets Mandy is he gives his second in command brother Swan he gives him uh, <laughs> like a horn the
1: horn of the praxis <laughs>
0: He goes yes. out there like the Green Ranger and starts blowing his horn, and uh, who shows up,
2: Stevie? The Black Skulls Demon Biker Gang. But describe them, cause it is nuts. <laughs> oh yeah. See, they're like—I don't know how to describe it. They're pretty much the most terrifying things you can. Were they human? <laughs> the Ring race. <laughs> Like were they human at all? Barely. They were once something like a man, human-like. Yeah. <laughs> they look like orcs. They look like orcs on motorcycles. That's the best way I can describe. it. They're into BDSM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They got some <laughs> weird stuff. Yeah.
1: Some Thunderdome I mean, type. Ever seen,
4: <laughs> yeah, Thunderdome, Hellraiser. I don't know if you guys have seen Hellraiser, but they definitely got that vibe too. Like BDSM demons. Like
2: pinhead. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the and Mason guy is able to call upon these (laughs) beings to like do his bidding and in return he like sacrifices the piggy character like (laughs) Tappy talked about. Because Um, they eat
2: humans. So why not give them the fat one?
0: Yeah and they love to drink blood and stuff. But uh, this is actually where the movie gets pretty terrifying when the group actually infiltrates um, the main couple's house. Mm -hmm. which Uh,
1: they already have, like, the scariest bedroom in the world. Like, who wants to sleep surrounded by glass in the middle of the woods? That would be terrifying. A bear could
3: just walk through that wall, (laughs) through all of their walls.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oof. Hope a tree doesn't fall on you, because you're screwed. (laughs) It's weird, because you can see where that would be
0: super peaceful, but also super creepy. But that guy's, like... They make no bones about it and literally just, like, crash in and just take them. Nick Cage ends up tied with barbed wire to a fence, completely incapacitated. They even stab him with, like, this weird, crazy demon knife. But, yeah. Uh, uh, Stevie, how, how do they dispatch of the of poor old Mandy?
2: Well, after uh, Jeremiah Sand gets turned down because he shows his tiny dick off to her, and monologues. I, can't I missed that part. The Carpenters. <laughs> yeah, and he monologues forever, and he plays a song of his that is just terrible. <laughs> um, you gotta play a
1: clip of that song. Wait. It's about to start.
2: Yeah, and he's respect he's expecting like a a greater response from Mandy, but she just ends up laughing at him, making him feel very small. So, was it brother Swan that hoist her up?
0: Well, I let's not skip to that. In that meeting room, they also administer some crazy drugs, right? <laughs>
3: uh yeah, Mandy Gets an eyedropper full of LSD or acid or whatever. And then she also gets stung in the neck with the wasp before this meeting. And (laughs) I, what is the old old (laughs) lady
1: say? I like to call that the cherry on top.
4: (laughs) (laughs) What?
0: That wasp was freaky, man. Every article I saw online kept calling that a beetle. But that looked like the, the very, wasp family, very not to me. a beetle. Oh yeah, it looked <laughs> like it beetle. had
4: wings. It had wings and a stinger. It looked like a wasp, A freaky ass giant wasp. But a wasp nonetheless. It's
2: like the size of a hand.
4: Yeah. So not to call
0: anyone out on the pod, but if you want to volunteer this information, has anyone here done crazy wasp drugs? <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> not,
3: no. Not voluntarily.
2: No, <laughs> yeah. I have not I done. been
1: offered, but I said no because I said no to drugs. <laughs> That's right, is right, that, is that even a real thing? Like, I mean, no, I've i heard of, like, looking toads, but I've never heard of getting stung by a bug. That doesn't seem... <laughs> yeah,
4: right. me neither, man. Me neither.
1: Young Jamie, pull that up.
4: Yeah,
0: we... Steve, I interrupted you, though. You are about to say how they dispatched Mandy.
2: So, pretty much after being infatuated with Mandy and she turns down Jeremiah Sand, he goes on this giant ego trip, pretty much just calling her a whore and unworthy... And that the world needs to be cleansed of all horrors and people like Mandy. Because so she laughs put her at in his b-
0: dick and his music. Like, just flipping yeah.
2: out. <laughs> Bro had a tiny dick. Let's just get that out there. Like, she laughed pretty hard. Well, but, um. It's they
1: all like, relative.
2: They, like. <laughs> yeah, I guess.
0: But um, he doesn't want to be hanging dong in the same movie as Vigo. I'll tell the, you that.
2: on the yeah. casting call.
3: She'd a guy with long blonde hair and a small wiener for this role. <laughs>
2: oh man (laughs) Vigo (laughs) Uh, so they hoist her in a bag like on a tree and like they straight light her on fire in front of Nick Cage and just leave leave her to burn while Nick Cage watches like it's a pretty intense scene honestly pretty brutal kind of freaked me out definitely was
1: In
4: the flame. Yeah, Nick Cage brought his A game for that scene, man. He was definitely, definitely, you know, bringing some intensity to that moment.
0: Mm. I, I don't know. I really did think he showed range in this movie. I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not, but between the tender no, moments no. between him and Mandy earlier, and then the complete terrified, sad, broken down man, yeah, Pappy, we both chose very similar images to post to Instagram. And that was funny. Posted them almost simultaneously without each other knowing. But what was that scene? Because that- <laughs> I think this pretty much comes
3: next. What was that?
1: Yeah, so all of this is yeah, still I happening Yeah, I want to retract
3: at- and make this my favorite scene. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, so all of this is happening at Nick Cage's house and he's able to like pull his hands out from the barbed wire trap that they're in. And he like bloodily makes his way into the house and he goes into this room that has this awesome 80s actually it's probably like more 70s looking wallpaper it's like brown and orange and like hexagon and i think the room has like carpet too like orange carpet but it looks like something out of a wes anderson movie and then he like goes (laughs) to his dresser and straight leaving Las Vegas style, Nick Cage chugs his bottle of vodka like <laughs> down to like and he's like screaming the whole time too <laughs> crying. Glock,
4: glock, crying glock, glock,
3: while glock.
1: chugging this vodka. Yeah. But he's also yeah.
0: using it to sterilize his wounds. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's visually striking, it's hilarious, it's intense, it's awesome. And he's got no pants
4: on. Yeah, no pants. <laughs> no pants. White important detail. Very yeah. important detail. <laughs> uh. Ah <sighs> Oh <sighs> Yeah, man, the great set design, man. It was like, I kind of after thinking about it for a while, it was almost like kind of like he was in his own little like microcosm of hell. You know, it's like super intense and bright. The love of his life was just killed. He's in anguish. And it's just like one long steady shot. You know, it's almost like theater or something like that. And just get to see him go, you know, through the whole range of human emotions. It's very well done. I gotta give Cage credit, man. So yeah, and he not only it. did, you, uh, well, I was gonna yeah. say the
0: death of her, she's burned, but then yeah after, yeah, after he gets out of the barbed wire, he finds like her burned skull. And it still like looks like her face, and then it blows away in the wind. It's like super devastating. <laughs> oh yeah, it was freaky, oh, man, God. freaky. Well, so, yeah,
1: so, yeah. So you have that series of events. It's like you the the burning of his girlfriend, super graphic. Then it's like bloody escape, and then like the emotional wreckage of him drinking the vodka. And he comes out of the room, <laughs> and then there's this commercial on TV for Cheddar Goblins, like like a cheesy Like <laughs> snack. Oh my god, that was <laughs> and it, great. And it hangs on it for like 30 seconds. It's so funny. And like over the top of Nick Cage has this like perplexed look on his face the whole time.
0: <laughs> I honestly think he's grappling already with like, am I going to just be fine with turning straight evil Sith if it means killing everyone? And he's like, hell yes, this is what I want to do. Did you all the
2: macaroni and cheese?
4: Yeah, man, the commercial was great. I kind of saw it like it was almost kind of like a slap in the face to him because it was like he just went through this horrifying, devastating experience, and then here's this stupid ass macaroni and cheese commercial. <laughs> with these kids being like, "Yay, Cheddar Goblin!" You know, it's just like it's like you know, no, it was like life doesn't care, man. Like life doesn't care if your loved one just died. You know, it just keeps going. The stupid commercials just keep going. So that's kind of how I saw it. And yeah, it was funny as fuck. It was totally out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's pretty much after that that he decides to go to
4: uh,
0: his friend's house, who's maybe the freakiest looking person in this movie. Bill Dude, oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> dude, uh, that guy's great. <laughs> why did I? Well, first of all, there's like a little acorn left earlier when. Um, Marilyn, or not Marilyn Manson, but Charles Manson <laughs> character. When he's like interrogating Mandy, she's like, he's like, what do you see? And she's supposed to say, like, you're hot dick. But instead, instead she says, like, the Reaper comes soon. And there's like this ah. tie in that his crossbow is named the Reaper. But, ah, ah. interesting, interesting.
4: That's cool. I didn't actually had to that.
0: rewind twice and put on the subtitles to catch that one. But, uh, Mikey, why? What, what's he do at the Dukes? Bill Duke, and how freaky is Bill Duke?
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's after he like cleans cleans himself up, and he uh drives over to I, I don't know is it his neighbor or something? They're in the middle of, of the woods somewhere, and so he just it's drives. like Breaking Bad, yeah. Everybody lives <laughs> on no address street. Uh, so he drives the, to Bill Duke's house. And he knocks on the door and he yells at him to go away because he doesn't know who it is because he didn't look outside and then he just keeps knocking and Bill Duke lets him in and he's like, "Oh shit, it's you and uh, he's been holding on to his crossbow. This is also pointing towards him having a troubled past uh, because Bill Duke is like what do you what do you need that for?" And he's like, "I'm going hunting." <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, what are you hunting for? And then he goes on this like little speech of like Jesus, Jesus freaks. freaks, man, or something it's like pure evil. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then Bill Duke is like, well, if you're going hunting for Jesus freaks or whatever, then you're going to need these arrows that go through bone and stuff. And he hooks him up with some super strong arrows. And I don't know why he just does not give him a gun, <laughs> 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 but, uh, he acquires upgrades to, uh, to a crossbow here and then I think after that he's out at the forge crafting his battle axe.
0: Yeah, so what do you guys think of the weapon choices in this movie? Was Especially glorious. Like his main two.
2: What's that Stevie? So I thought the the battle axe was awesome. Especially like oh, the way yeah. he was like forging it and the way they filmed it and just like a shiny look to it. Like <laughs> that was cool.
4: Mm. It was very freaking cool
2: And I was over at you Josh's today yeah. It looked just like a Fortnite axe apparently
3: He doesn't have a face mask <laughs> All he has is aviators for protection <laughs> <laughs> That's true Yeah.
0: And he is yeah. like a lumberjack As established earlier So this is like the axe for killing folks Instead of trees or something
2: Yeah <laughs> This axe kills redwoods that's for sure
0: I thought the crossbow was a little bit of a letdown Because I think he only uses it twice that's
3: And it's not very effective
0: yeah so no. that's true that's true moving along the on the plot I don't know Pappy if you want to talk about how he like the bad guys they left him for dead so he comes mm-hmm. after him and it's kind of a surprising order I thought the demons were going to be like the big bads at the end but nope not really
1: know. yeah he goes after the demons first like the first one what does he do he like snipes the one of their tires or something I think with the crossbow and then he fights it
4: He rams it with his truck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he, yeah, he's crashed. But yeah, you know, going back to your question, Josh, about the weapons, like, I remember at the part with the crossbows, like, he's in the woods, you know, he's, he's aiming at the dude with his crossbow, and I remember thinking to myself exactly what you just said, like, why doesn't he use a gun? I mean, like, what the hell, you know? Why doesn't he have <laughs> rifles or shotguns? And then it kind of dawned on me, it's like, wait a second, it's because this is a fantasy, you know? <laughs> and like in fan, it's like the movie is becoming more and more like a dark fantasy kind of uh, novel, like one of the novels Mandy was reading earlier in the story. You know, that's true. And so I'm like, hey man, in a fantasy, the hero uses like medieval style weapons. Like you've got your battle axe, you've got your you know uh, crossbow. So that's why you know I think at least on some level that's why you don't really see a whole lot of gun action in the movie. It's mostly like totally medieval agree. style weapons. But yeah. I think
0: what makes this movie cool is that I think the crossbow is actually explained because they live mm-hmm. out in the woods and he probably used to hunt deer and then yeah. we know from like this one scene where like Mandy stumbles upon this baby deer that died naturally uh, she's like yeah, really yeah. in touch with that sort of oh. stuff and probably wouldn't let him keep hunting so okay okay I, th- I like that uh, yeah. Good yeah, connection. So, yeah but I don't think you're wrong at all though this this movie kind of goes off the rockers when
3: <laughs> hold up was that deer supposed to be eaten by the demons or was it just I think they there? just like human flesh.
4: Uh, Apparently. I didn't know was, what happened dude.
1: <laughs> it was such a weird part too cuz it's like 45 seconds of the deer then mandy then the deer then mandy then the well, deer then mandy.
3: That's every scene yeah. in this movie everything is really slow in this movie all the scenes are True. almost in slow motion. That's just like yeah. the style of the movie but yeah every everything is really long takes and stuff
1: we did skip over one part though josh the because like when when, every time nick cage gets like knocked out or captured or sleeps or something it cuts to like an animated sequence
4: oh yeah that's right
1: steve you're a big fan of animation it's very heavy metal inspired that uh, animated movie what do you think about those sequences in this movie
2: i actually look forward to those sequences a lot i thought they were Really cool, really well done. Cause you don't see a lot of that in movies. The only ones that can really only one that really comes to mind even, uh, just mainstream movies is like Kill Bill. That's what it kinda oh, reminded yeah. me of. Mm-hmm. But That's um, right. yeah, I love those sequences a lot. I thought they were really well done and I actually kinda look forward to him getting knocked out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it it actually reminded me of the appetite for destruction. Um, Guns N' Roses album art. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that before, but. Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah, I've seen it. I, I was thinking about this art a lot later. I don't really know what to make of it. They kind of come back to it three or four times. Does anyone have any guesses what it all means?
3: Uh, they're all pretty abstract. There's, I think, like the first one, Mandy is just like, her face is melting or something. That's like the first animated sequence, and then there's another sequence where Mandy's reaching into some monster that's like dying and pulls out a green cube or something. Like, never makes <laughs> like One make time, p- she's like too peacefully much
0: floating yeah. in the ocean.
3: None of them; they're just like abstract kind of thoughts, I think.
0: One of the demon guys that's that he gets in a fight with and is killing says like, "She still burns," and he's <laughs> like yelling that. Yeah. So there's like this, some level of like he's trying to save Mandy's soul or something. Anybody catching whiffs of that or not?
4: Dude, that's a really, really good observation. You're right. Because yeah, the demon that he's fighting, the one that he decapitates and you know, lights a cigarette, that one, he was like, She burns, she burns. And then the bald dude, Brother Swan, when he goes to kill him, doesn't he say something like Mandy is still burning brightly or something to that effect? Yeah. Um Yeah, man, that's a really good observation. That's kinda cool. It's like she's trapped in an underworld or something like that.
1: Evil Dead too. Even now, she burns in hell.
4: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. That's too funny.
0: There's a lot of Evil Dead stuff probably in here. Chainsaw? Bruce Campbell? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think
1: Nicolas Cage is definitely channeling some Bruce Campbell in this movie. For sure. For sure. Definitely.
4: And yeah, man, I read an interview with the director where he said that part of the reason they had the animated sequences is because... In most revenge movies, when the person dies, you know, the loved one dies, you just kind of forget about them. Like, they're gone, you never see them in the movie again. But he said that he wanted the spirit of Mandy to, like, continue to haunt the movie as the movie went on. So I think, at least on some level, the animated sequences were to, like, kind of show her presence, you know? Or, like, maybe her her presence in Nick Cage's mind- uh, which I thought was yeah. kind of, you know, an interesting way to look at it. Maybe it's
0: too much to try to dig up meaning from the actual sequences, but it's more of just a constant reminder, which is a good point. Sure. So I think we're pretty much to the part where Kevin pulls all the traps on the bad guys. So <laughs> if you guys just want to pass it around the room and start talking about deaths that you liked, because there's a lot nice. in it. He murders oh, yeah. the whole, like, demon thug gang and there's four or five of those I'm kind of confused and then he deletes he completely deletes from the map the entire (laughs) man's family as well so feel free to jump in here and describe a
4: death
1: (laughs) one falls through the moon door from Game of Thrones
4: (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) that was random he probably
2: had the best
3: death you had the easiest death.
2: Mine I thought was kind of funny was a like precursor to that death where he snaps that dude's neck is after he like goes after the demon that's watching like seventy style porn yeah. um, and kills him, <laughs> which that was really weird because I kept like focusing on that TV. You're like, oh, old school. All right. Um, <laughs> like that dude, the demon comes out the shotgun and tries shooting him. He just goes, you ripped my shirt. You <laughs> ripped my shirt. <laughs> that's. I thought that part was awesome. You ripped my
4: shirt. You ripped my shirt.
2: And that's when he snaps his neck. Even the shirt was has awesome. a callback
0: in this movie. It's pretty well written. I got to be honest.
4: Yeah, for sure.
1: Then right after he snaps that guy's neck, he, like, goes over to the big pile of Coke and just, like, does the most I've ever (laughs) seen anyone do in, like, a movie. The demon Coke?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He does it off, like, a big (laughs) shard of glass and then (laughs) takes a sip of this demon acid or whatever, too. (laughs) And then there's another sequence where it's, like, a practical effect of, like, a plastic Nick Cage face melting, which I thought was pretty cool.
4: No, it was fucking awesome. There's a lot of, like... So cool.
3: I don't know, whenever Nick Cage is either tripping out or passed out or dreaming or something, there's always some kind of weird visual going on, so it's pretty interesting.
4: Also in that scene, uh, so I saw this in theaters. Uh, They had like a one-night showing at a theater in Orlando I was able to catch and the part where also in that room Nick Cage has the big ass like ogre demon guy fall on him and like pin him to the ground and then he <laughs> slashes his throat and there's just like a waterfall of freaking blood that's just like dousing him in the face and like and like you know you, you see that in movies you know it, you see a lot of throat slashings in movies but like that the blood just keeps going and then Nick Cage starts like laughing like a maniac like gargling the blood and dude in the theater everybody was just like laughing at the sheer absurdity. It was, just, it was a great <laughs> moment. Just people were like, oh my god, this is fucking insane. So I he got a good reaction. You that took
3: one take. <laughs> I bet you he nailed that first try.
4: <laughs> Wouldn't doubt it.
3: <laughs> that's another Evil Dead callback
0: to me. Just fountains oh, of blood true. like that. That's totally true. Yeah. I think we covered all the demons. You guys want to start dumping into Manson family murders? Because this part was. <laughs> I mean, I was surprised he went after the demons first, and. He really struggles against them physically in kind of hand-to-hand combat. And now he approaches the Manson family who is not as well-armed or ready for him. And it's kind of more just straight, like... Uh, I don't want to say just
4: feel-good violence, but... <laughs> well, before... It was a good time. Satisfying, yeah.
1: <laughs> before he gets to the Manson family, he gets to like where they're making the LSD. And there's this really weird guy who's like pupils are ginormous and he's like tripping on LSD and he's got a tiger in a cage with him for some <laughs> reason, which is pretty weird because I think Nick Cage probably bought a tiger at some point too. I wouldn't doubt it,
4: but <laughs> that's his tiger. I'll alone. be surprised. Yeah,
1: he releases the tiger and then like he the guy who's making the LSD like opens his like mouth towards the sky and then, like he looks down and he's like, they're north. <laughs> so that's how Nick Cage like finds him. But then the scene transition is the tiger like roaring at the moon it looks like a, a t-shirt you'd buy at goodwill or something it's freaking awesome <laughs> no I it's like it. the
3: it's like a 80s 80s rock album cover art it's, badass. it's like it the whole yeah, movie definitely. is like designed like this It's awesome
0: did you guys catch how nicholas cage never talks in that scene to the chemist and it's like it
3: ah it's a yeah. one
0: it's a one-way telepathy conversation the chemist is That's reading true. his mind. I well, one
2: yeah, point he's like, yeah. oh, they, they didn't mess wronged you, friend. <laughs> I don't know
1: why they gotta be like that. <laughs> it's cool, man. That's Lizzie.
3: When she's calm, I know it's good.
0: I thought that scene was really cool. Thanks for bringing us back to that, Pappy. Like, when Nick Cage walks in, the chemist starts, like, grabbing this golden gun. And then I don't know if he realizes the guy behind him is innocent or he just, like, stands no chance against Nick Cage. But. He, like, stands down, and they have this complete conversation telepathy, which, Pappy, it leads to... Yeah, he just says, what, they're North? Is that all he...
1: But yeah, but basically, he uses his mouth like a radar dish and says, North. <laughs> 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 but, Josh, did you have a favorite of the Manson family kills? We took all the demons. What, did any uh, of those stick I'll out s- to you? Yeah. I'll
0: just start it off and go with Brother Swan. Um, he's, like... He's camping out above their, like, weird church thing, and he sees their van leaving. And I guess he threw down spikes. So the van drives over a couple of spikes. It blows the tires. And as soon as Brother Swan pops out of the van, he just starts, like, punching him in the face. And he ends up killing him with, like, the handle of his axe, which he had sharpened down super sharp. Kind of reminded me of Bone Tomahawk with, like, the
1: spiking in the That was a
0: brutal kill.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> it's it was. better to burn out than to which <laughs> blah, 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 blah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we just saw that line in Highlander not too recently. And we all oh, know wow. that was a Kurt Cobain classic
1: Neil young.
0: That
2: razor blade. <laughs> I <handle>. know <laughs>
0: <laughs> People falsely attribute that to Kurt Cobain. Sometimes. was that the
2: death where he told uh, like the Mandy that got coaxed into it to kind of leave? Yeah, was that like when uh, like he had like the other girl with him? Yeah, he didn't yeah, yeah. like touch her, but he just slowly shoved the end, like the handle, down that dude's throat gruesomely. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it
1: was
4: brutal. yeah, he has mercy on the other girl, I guess, because she was just kind of like more of a victim. She didn't really participate too much, although she did kind of participate. She was like holding Mandy's head when they were like putting the LSD in her eyes and the hornet and all that. But yeah, she was more innocent, at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is like <laughs> Nick Cage's
0: mini version of the Nuremberg trials, I guess. Uh, not there some, go. Yeah, she was just following directions, I guess. So he lets her go. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Showed some mercy. Who wants to take the next death?
1: Who is it? Is it the slack jaw? Well, the slack so jaw is close.
0: easy. He just throws like yeah. a. a axe at his head. That one's really quick, right? Kind of merciful. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> merciful. Exactly. Like
0: playing
1: some <laughs> Spanish music from his car while <laughs> he waxes it.
4: <laughs> Is it the chainsaw fight that's after that? Oh, yeah. The chainsaw fight was pretty fucking awesome, man. It was a highlight. Just sheer absurdity.
1: <laughs> I also saw some in theaters. Did your theater crack up when the Bigger chainsaw was revealed. <laughs> oh,
4: oh yeah, for sure. People, people were really getting into it when that happened. It's they so realized the crazy top. shit was going to go down. It really is. So, I'll tell you guys right now, just because you know I'm a pretty big horror movie fan, seen a lot of them. This is basically an exact duplication of a scene from a movie called Phantasm Two. That's like a really over the top '80s horror movie. Basically, the main character who has like an average-sized chainsaw goes to fight <laughs> a bad guy in oh, the bad guy, <laughs> yeah, and the bad guy pulls out a big-ass chainsaw. So I mean, it's basically an homage slash, you know, direct carbon copy of that. Um, It's ah, it's definitely like purposeful, you know. Like I think the guy did it as like you know an homage to that movie, and then also in Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, there's Dennis Hopper has a chainsaw battle with mm-hmm. Phase too. That's kind of like that. So I think it was just kind of an homage to those movies, but nonetheless, it was badass. I loved it. It was a great moment. So awesome. Yeah, I like how Nick Cage was struggling to start the chainsaw too. You know, that <laughs> added some nice tension to it. He it's was like, a oh, pro. Shit. Couldn't
2: get it started. That's, That's true. right, man. He's
4: a freaking lumberjack. What the
0: hell?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pappy, he then heads inside and he meets uh the lady Pappy inside The Lady you're, Pappy. God.
1: The design on the church is freaking awesome too. There's oh, like oh my yeah, it really yeah, yeah. Was. I don't know I don't know if it's like a miniature or if probably, I guess, right? Is that how they i don't know well, hard to say shot.
4: hard to say yeah but it looks awesome
1: know. it's like this big it looks like something from reddit slash r slash evil buildings <laughs> like, it's like thing. <laughs> that's a
4: thing damn i gotta check that out it's a pretty good <laughs> separate, a reddit. Right? yeah but anyway Very he cool. goes
1: in and like i was saying i don't know if she's trying to like seduce him like that's just like her go-to play uh because she knows like the jigs up but we don't always really see <laughs> yep. her death all we see is the uh jeremiah or whatever he's in there like humping a rock or something i have no idea what he's doing (laughs) but nick cage announces his presence by throwing her head into the room so presumably she was decapitated or something and then
3: he freaks out and kicks it away (laughs) (laughs) he was not prepared for that
2: come no closer god is in this room
0: at this point where that Charles Charles Manson character kind of goes through the whole gamut of all his ploys that you can tell have worked on people. Like, he's going to cleanse Red. He's going to, you know, like Red... Suck his dick. He's going to (laughs) suck his dick. He says, like, uh, I don't know. He goes to the flattering route. He goes to, like, your worthless route. He tries, like, everything. It doesn't work at all. Did you guys think that he... That the this final, and I mean, some people call me final boss, so I I always look <laughs> for that final boss character nope. in movies. But did you feel like he went out kind of weakly, like didn't summon any crazy powers at the end or
4: something? He did. He totally did, man. It was a, it was. <sighs> Satisfying, like him, you know, Cage crushing his skull with his bare hands <laughs> was pretty fucking satisfying. But but you're right, man. Like it, it kind of it, it changed around the formula, you know. Like, like you said, you know, he fought the demons first, and so like building up to the demons, and then when he gets to Jeremiah Sand at the end, I mean, it's it's you know a one sided encounter. Like you know, it's more of a psychological battle, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, it's kind of interesting to think about, like, how would it have been different if Jeremiah Sand, I don't know, had something, summoned another demon, had some mar- magic arcane powers, had a weapon? I don't really know. You know it's, <laughs> I think it's... Has uh, a it, horn
1: of the praxis.
4: Yeah. I
3: think it's kind of to go. show that this guy is just straight full of shit. He doesn't have any True. power at all. So, him mm-hmm. going out so easy is just kind of like... Uh, just the reveal that he really has no control over these people, really. Um, mm-hmm. He's weak. Yeah, he's just a weak character, I guess. Not a weak character, yeah. just a weak man. Not yeah. as
1: important Pathetic. as he, think, he,
4: he thinks yeah. he is.
1: But the visual of his head popping like a grape uh. is awesome. <laughs> is so oh, good. It, was,
4: it was glorious. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's like Game so of Thrones good. all over again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that
3: is probably the most horrifying death I've ever seen is that Game of Thrones skull crush?
2: I hate that. I did that. love his ending <laughs> words to Jeremiah Sand, though. Like, when he squeezes his head and he just goes, I am your god, and pops it like a grape, like Pap said. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was fucking epic, man. But how-
1: Oh, go ahead, that I was gonna say, that's another point, though, too, because like, if, if we're just describing it, like all of the voices, though, at this point are super, like, distorted. Like, you're, like, tripping real hard or something, you know what I mean? Like, all <laughs> of the like, like voices are, yeah, like, even Nick Cage's voice is like I'm your God. Now. Well, he goes on that Definitely. drug binge and,
0: and everything kind of changes to that at that point in the movie. And I think the, aud- <laughs> the
1: audience gets it from that perspective too. Like the audience is like quote unquote getting more, you know, drugged up as Nick Cage does, which is pretty cool.
0: And just talking Definitely. about the audio in this, I, I really thought the score was interesting and spooky and 80s feeling even though I don't think everything was from the 80s but also the sound design like they played this little trick a lot where people were talking and you're kind of wondering if you could hear this deeper demon-y voice behind it or not
4: oh yeah that's true
0: and then at the very end like Nick Cage's like full demon voice is he bad at the end
4: (sighs) nah
1: he's just tripping
4: yeah that's a good question man that's a good question I mean it's like he basically becomes like one of the demon bikers, the black skulls, more or less, but yet he's fighting <laughs> yeah. for goods, so he's kind of he's he's kind of an anti hero I mean like he basically like accesses the dark powers within himself in order to go on this you know killing spree rampage of revenge. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's it's difficult to say, you know? Like, is he bad? I don't know, man. We're getting into, like, the eye-for-an-eye eye moral <laughs> argument here. <laughs> he just had
1: too much California sunshine. He'll be fine. Lay down in bed. Put on some Almond Brothers. It'll pass in, like, eight hours. The
0: Carpenters. Right, Almond exactly.
4: Brothers. <laughs> yeah.
0: One there other thing go. I wanted to mention, because, like, Nick Cage at this point pretty much just sets their building on fire and walks out in this end of the movie, but did anyone catch... Maybe the sound he made as his skull uh, uh, crushed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Uh, uh, I don't a release
3: of tension is what it sounded like.
4: Uh, <laughs> oh like okay, the quickening. Okay. Yeah, the quickening now for Highlander. <laughs> it was yes. very
3: weird. An orgasmic release yeah. of tension.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> 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 I'm sure he felt great at the time killing that guy. <laughs> I don't know if you'd feel that good, but
1: <laughs> then just silence over the credits. No music. No nothing. Just just think about what you just saw as you walk out of the theater. Yeah.
0: If a sneeze is like a seventh of an orgasm, <laughs> squashing someone's skull with their bare hand is like two sevenths. Or it's gotta be eight sevenths of an Eighth. orgasm. In the cage. <laughs> all right. Nice. I think we've earned getting into our yes or no segment, where we'll all give a binary, just straight up thumbs up or thumbs down to the movie. Uh, and tell what our final thoughts were on it. Pat, do you want to lead us off?
1: Yes, for me, uh, one of my favorite movies of the year. So glad people are out there making weird, crazy ass movies like this. Uh, just know what you're getting into, though. It's like like Josh said, it's not exactly you know Evil Dead Two or it's an 80 minute thrill ride. It's more of a slow burn that escalates into some crazy ass violence. So. Uh, yes for me and one of my favorite Nick Cage movies uh, two movie club for Nick Cage on this podcast what was our first? Face Off, uh, face oh, face three off mo- yeah. no three movie club because um, adaptation too
2: oh that's right oh, yeah. three it's movie
1: club one. Nick Cage
0: so if you're a spoilers Nick Cage completist check out those other two <laughs> thoughts yeah. the, the
1: greatest <laughs> honor an actor can receive the three movie <laughs> club Uh, yeah, this is, uh,
3: two big thumbs up. Um, this has got to be kind of like the most visually stunning movie of the year so far that I've seen. And you just got to go see it because the way everything is lit is insane. There's a lot of crazy light tricks and camera work and stuff going on. And the score is amazing. And it's very eighties. It's very like dark, dark rock and roll i don't know you just got to go see it because it's pretty much in its own genre of movies at this point i don't think i've ever seen anything like this movie so yeah it's a really hard thumbs up just go see it and check it out
0: zach let's toss it on down to you in central florida
4: yeah man definitely a big yes for me um i think that above all else i liked it because it was just a very unique and surprising movie like i watch a lot of movies and you know after a while you start to kind of see movies that follow the same predictable formula and this movie definitely was not like that it constantly surprises you you're never quite sure what's going to happen next um, I really liked it as far as like the cinematography, the visual storytelling. It's a very simple story and really light on dialogue, but they say a lot with the visuals, with all the symbolism that we discussed. Um, I feel like it's the kind of thing that you could probably watch it several times and, like, notice more and more, like, kind of the visual symbolism going on. Uh, So, yeah, overall, if you're a fan of 80s horror, kind of like surrealism or cult movies, definitely check it out. It's really a great ride.
0: This is a yes for me, too, and I like what you said about it being a unique story, even though the tagline is basically just revenge plot you know uh-huh. 101 it's really like simple but it really gets into philosophy and spirituality and i love this movie and like mikey said the different colors and lighting tricks and schemes and double exposure and shooting with soft focus all that stuff i just ate it up huge yes for me uh i love
4: the home alone <laughs> uh plot <laughs> I always God, comes that device. Always. <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's a great structure, man. Great plot structure. <laughs>
2: Children of the New Dawn of the Sticky Bandits. Good Lord. <laughs> Steve. Yeah, well, I mean, Mind the Sticky blow. Bandits
0: were like these people that were doing wrong and getting away with it, and someone had to stop them.
2: Someone had to take a stand. It was Kevin <laughs> McAllister. Stevie, bring us oh home, buddy. <laughs> oh, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, my favorite movie of the year by far. Uh, I'd be surprised if one tops it. Uh, like mikey said the color schemes are great and just the fact that it was nick cage i think makes it even cooler because he's been (laughs) on a downward spiral forever (laughs) um poor guy it's good to see him like in a really good movie and i think i could be wrong but i think like in 20 years from now people will still be talking about this movie or at least referencing it and my hope is is like more movies like this are made so definite yes
0: Pappy before we toss the spoiler man and end it Was there any feedback you wanted to read On this episode Was there
1: I don't think so I have two two
0: Instagram Comments Uh, The star spangled The the star spangled avenger said of this movie Great film one of my favorites of the year And Jake Kyle Loser said probably The best movie I've seen in 2018 Tired of the superhero crap
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa <laughs> well I like how didn't his profile have like Darth Vader he's like calling out superheroes he's got a Star Wars <laughs> come on man that's picture. a fan
0: come on <laughs> whatever yeah uh Zach thanks for coming
4: on we appreciate it hopefully we'll see you again soon definitely man thanks so much for having me guys it was a good time
1: it was a blast thanks for coming
4: thanks yeah. man I think that's yep. it take care guys take it
0: away spoiler man
4: that's <laughs> no
0: Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's
1: lit. Special thanks to Space Alliance DC for the music. Devin Caraway. hashtag Heaven for Devin.
3: With spoilers.